think you're not slaves, but you are. The nine to five existence of your current lives is structured by the American industrial complex complicit with everything. So it leaves you really questioning everything you thought you knew. sense of separation, the sense of isolation is the thing that is within you and me and makes us feel alien to everything else that's outside of us. So that is why as you sit there within your body and you look out through your eyeballs and you listen through your ears and you look around you, everything else is not you. And you don't fit. You're listening to Up Is Down with Dean Reiner. False news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false False news news has has become become all too common on on social social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same stories simply aren't true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this, this is, is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our democracy. democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our 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 democracy. The beginning of the end. 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 In fact, if this were a football game, we're in the third quarter. May even be the beginning of the end. Bombshell. 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 This is a bombshell. It is a bombshell. I am beginning to resent the word bombshell hello listeners of the world hello human beings hello free thinking individuals if you are tuning in to the sound of my voice then you very likely still maintain some sovereignty over your mind it is i once again dean reiner coming at you from portland oregon and the compound of my little apartment in the northeast quadrant of this city Welcome back to the Up Is Down podcast. I just love that little piece in the beginning. And I just wanted to share a little bit of information that I've found. I recently listened, as I usually do on the regular, to the No Agenda podcast. And there was just a clip that they played that I really adored. And it's fairly, it's not super old, but it's it's an old throwback. It's an old trope to something that I've been paying attention to for a number of years. And I, I hope that you have as well. And just how absolutely bought and sold the mainstream media is and how there is definitely, as you can hear in that last little ditty, a real and virtual, like a real fucking live script that people are being handed to express when they deliver you the news or the information of the day. You know, whatever it is, the talking points that you are supposed to believe and listen to and and sit on the edge of your seats, fawning over yourselves and clutching your pearls because, you know, they really believe that you're too stupid to think for yourself or to even recognize that they're all saying the same thing. What I'm talking about is the mainstream media. 
which is owned, as you probably know by now, hopefully, by no less than six, I think it's actually five at this point, major media conglomerates, major corporations that are all in bed with each other. And all of this stems from a little project that the Central Intelligence Agency, our friends, the CIA, established probably about 50 years ago, maybe a little bit more, when they introduced a certain thing called Project Mockingbird, Operation Mockingbird to be specific, which since the end of World War II, the CIA has been a major force in the United States and foreign news media exerting considerable influence over what the public sees, what the public hears and reads on a regular basis. And of course, this was all based, you know, 50 some odd years ago, but by any means, this hasn't changed. If anything, it's gotten thicker and a little bit more complex. CIA publicists and journalists will assert that they have very few, if any, relationships, but the seldom acknowledged history of their intimate collaboration with this propaganda indicates a very different story indeed. When it's seriously practiced, journalism, the journalistic profession involves gathering information concerning individuals, locales, events, and issues. It's the five W's, the who, what, where, how, when, and why and sometimes how. In theory, such information informs people about their world, thereby strengthening their own personal power, their sense of freedom, <clears throat> their, their democracy in essence. And this is exactly the reason why news organizations and individual journalists are tapped as assets by the CIA and various other intelligence agencies, which they're basically all one and the same. And this practice is at least as widespread today at the very least. In fact, I, I would beg to argue that it's even more prevalent as it was in the height of the Cold War. If you consider the cover-ups and election fraud of 2000 and 2004, maybe the events of September 11, 2001, the invasions on Afghanistan and Iraq, the destabilization of Syria, Libya, the creation of ISIS, these are among some of the most significant events in world history and also much of which the American public is, if not totally, but at least semi-ignorant of. And in an era where information and communication technologies are ubiquitous to our day of life, every single day, I mean, think about our phones, our internet, our, our smart TVs, our internet of things. These things prompt many to harbor the illusion of being well-informed and well-connected. But you, you have to ask yourself, why? Why do prominent U.S. journalists, why do American newspapers and media and television, the, the networks, the social medias, routinely fail over and over again to question, even remotely, deep events and ask really pointed questions about the events that shape America's history over the past half century? such as the political assassinations of the 1960s, or maybe the, the role played centrally by the CIA in international drug trafficking and human trafficking. Why don't you hear about those questions? Because they're not good for advertisement. They don't mix well with the mass hypnosis that is necessary to keep people asleep and not thinking for themselves. It's not helpful when people actually have discernment or difference of opinion, or at the very least, the full story of events. It, it doesn't further the cause of manipulation and control. Here's some examples. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad 
um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. And we're looking at that very carefully. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to other two American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Uh, at CBS, uh, we uh, had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, the ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. We have quite a lot of detailed information, uh, and we will evaluate it, and we will include any evidence of wrongdoing or any evidence of impropriety in our final report and make recommendations. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. Senator, do you think that you named the news organizations in your final report? Uh, that, that remains to be decided. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of the uh, CIA agent ch uh, chiefs uh, of station and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I. Yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. That, dear listeners, is an excerpt from the 1975 congressional hearings led by Otis Pike when he asked the Director of Central Intelligence, William Colby, if he had any people that were paid by the CIA who were working for television networks. And of course he said, yeah, we're not going to get into that. You know, we're gonna, not going to get into those kind of details. I'd like to talk to you about that in private. And of course, once the Chamber of Commerce was cleared, DCI Colby admitted that in 1975 specifically, the CIA was using media cover for no more than 11 agents. Uh, many fewer than in the heyday of the cloak-and-dagger pencil operations, but no amount of questioning would persuade him to talk about the publishers and network chieftains who had cooperated at the top of the level within Operation Mockingbird. As much as I would love to dissect the entire Mockingbird operation with no less than 50 bullet points that I'm aware of that I could uh, 
share with you in this podcast. I'm going to just do my usual thing and just share with you some media clips that I found that's going to tell the story better, maybe better than I can, and allow you to think for yourself about this kind of thing. I'd like to express some thoughts in relation to Operation Mockingbird and how our opinions and attitudes today are still heavily influenced by the media. This may not be news to some people, but from time to time it's worth reviewing the basics, even if you're familiar with them, and for the benefit of those who've never considered them. Think of it like course correction. If you're a pilot or a sailor, you'll know that keeping on track involves frequent checks of your actual position and subsequent adjustments to your heading in order to correct any deviation or drift. Operation Mockingbird was the name given to an alleged CIA infiltration of the news media in the USA with the intention of manipulating people to such an extent that they could influence the opinions and attitudes of US citizens. It is alleged that reports and stories were planted in the media, other reports were altered or pulled on the instruction of the CIA, and that many newspapers and TV stations had CIA agents embedded within them, or civilian staff who were recruited by the CIA to carry out their instructions. It is said that Operation or Project Mockingbird ran from the 1950s to the 1970s and included attempts to not only influence domestic but also international opinion about foreign leaders, foreign policy and the actions of the US government. These were, of course, pre-internet days, so the media consisted of a lot of print media and fewer radio and TV stations than we have today. So this form of manipulation of opinions and ideas must have been a lot easier, with the result that foreign leaders could be demonized, while US foreign and domestic policy could be given popular support. This story alone is a big topic, and it has been researched and covered by authors in various books. So if you want to know more about it, then I suggest you seek them out. Today, in the 21st century, with our access to limitless amounts of news and media, you might think that such activities were no longer possible. But it would seem that these attempts to control what people think continue. They have simply adapted the new technology to suit their own ends. We are all familiar with the idea of fake news and conspiracy theories. But how can we ever be sure the news is actually fake or if the conspiracy theory is in fact true. If we discover that one conspiracy theory is actually true, it doesn't follow that more or all conspiracy theories are also true. Nor does one piece of fake news that turns out to be real mean that all fake news stories are also real. It could be said that instead of enlightening us, the information age has made us more confused and more easily manipulated. We are rich in data and knowledge, but poor in wisdom. How do you form your opinions about anybody or anything? We are herd-like beings, preferring the general consensus than being outside the comfort zone and challenging the accepted ideas. People tend to read and listen to the media outlets that tell one side of the story. There is no real impartiality unless you yourself seek it out by listening to all sides of the story. And you have to be prepared to admit, from time to time, that you were wrong and to change your opinion. 
I suspect most people would agree with this, but few ever actually practice it. We've seen how the big topics of the past three decades have polarized opinion. The Iraq wars, climate change, Trump, Brexit, etc. Rather than debate the issues, listening to both sides of the argument and countering with well-researched counter-arguments, too many people settle for the echo chamber created by the herd to which they belong. They then hurl abuse to the others, the non-believers, the far left or the far right, whoever they may be. They attack the person, not the point, and if they can't undermine them through allegations of scandal or corruption, they simply no-platform them, refusing to allow them a voice. And even if you change your opinion on something and move to another herd, you can end up doing the same thing but from a different direction. So with access to all this information, what means do we have to determine what is real and what is fake? The answer, of course, is our own discernment. We have to remember to question everything and not allow ourselves to be spoon-fed opinions. This sounds easy, but of course it can be difficult. Work, family time, rest and recreation take up most of our time. Not everyone can devote hours to research or double the amount of news. But we can be selective about what we allow to enter our brains. Motivational speakers and entrepreneurs often remind us that we should only associate with those who resonate with our own goals. In other words, don't mix with negative people who drag you down or who otherwise hinder your progress. Choose those who lift you up and inspire you to succeed. Try the same with the media. Spend less time listening to the endless tally of vicious crimes, corruption and health scares designed to worry you and divert your attention to more interesting and inspiring stories that spark your imagination. And when it comes to the big serious issues that are of genuine and real concern and which therefore cannot be avoided, then it's worth ensuring you hear all the arguments for and against. Which foreign leaders, political opponents, whistleblowers and activists have been demonized by the media in recent years? Which ones are praised and held up as shining examples to us all? What is your reaction to and opinion of military actions, acts of terrorism and dramatic accidents? And what feelings do you have towards people of a particular ethnicity, religion, political viewpoint or social group if you've never actually met any and listened to them face to face? Are your feelings and opinions your own or ones you've adopted from the media, your colleagues or your social circle? In conclusion, be alert for fake news, as it may not be labelled as such, and the news they're telling you is fake might actually be the truth. Question why the media seems hell-bent on ruining someone's reputation, rather than talking about what they have to say. Be on your guard for false flags designed to make you believe that you're in danger, that the others are plotting to attack you. On that point, have you noticed how the arms race is moving into space to counter, we are told, threats from foreign powers, and with hints that the next threat may be from outside our home planet? 
What better way to convince the taxpaying masses of the necessity to weaponize space than to make them fear the ultimate bogeymen, extraterrestrials? In the early 1980s, roughly 50 different companies owned 90% of American media. By 1992, that number had dropped to less than two dozen. And in recent years, that same 90% has fallen to just six major conglomerates. Although various mergers and layers of external control make this an inexact number, most of the big six hold interests in film production, cable and broadcast television, news, sports, music, and online streaming. So who exactly controls the media? As of 2015, the largest media company in the world by revenue is Comcast. According to the SEC, in 2014, they reportedly made nearly $69 billion. Like the other conglomerates, Comcast owns nearly every step in media production and distribution. In fact, Comcast is the single largest cable provider on Earth. Content is created through subsidiaries like NBC Universal, which is then broadcast over TV and the internet through Xfinity. Comcast is also a major internet service provider, covering more than half of all US broadband customers. Even online streaming giant Hulu is jointly owned by three of the big six. The next largest conglomerate is the Walt Disney Company, with reportedly roughly $48 billion in revenue. Disney has holdings in theme parks, movie studios, and diverse television networks such as ABC, A&E, and ESPN. They also own a number of legacy companies like Pixar, Marvel Entertainment, and Lucasfilms of the Star Wars franchise. The third of the big six is 21st Century Fox, which emerged in 2013 as a spin-off of Rupert Murdoch's News Corporation. Today, Fox makes about $32 billion a year and is predominantly focused on film and television, including Fox News Channel, which made nearly $800 million in ad revenue in 2014. The last independent conglomerate is Time Warner, with revenues of about $27 billion. In the 1990s, they were the largest media company in the world, but an unsuccessful merger with AOL at the peak of the dot-com bubble made them lose nearly $100 billion in 2002. Since then, AOL and Time Inc., as well as Time Warner's entire cable division, have become separate companies. Because they are now unrelated, Time Warner and Time Warner Cable are the fourth and fifth largest media companies in the world, according to Forbes. Finally, the last two are CBS and Viacom. In 2013, they reported about $14 to $15 billion in revenue each. They used to be a single company controlled by National Amusements, a movie theater chain. Today, although they are individually held, National Amusements owners have enough stock in both to effectively dictate control. So in a way, there aren't even six conglomerates, but five. Or maybe there are seven. Some, including Time Warner's former vice chairman Ted Turner, have said media conglomerates have become oligopolies and that they stifle innovation. But others point out that they can also provide a greater global reach for smaller and newer companies. So that's what we call the mainstream media. That's the M, the MSM, or really the M5M. I mean, there's five companies that own basically all of the media that you see, read, and hear in some form or another. Even this podcast is owned essentially by a major corporation. I mean, I'm not quite sure who Apple is in bed with, but... Regardless, I mean, and who knows if you're even listening to this on an Apple phone, you might be watching this or listening to this on your computer. And that's that's great. You could actually listen to this on my website, which I own, but is still hosted by another company because there is no, there really is no personal property. And that's kind of part of the idea is to eliminate personality. 
eliminate individuality, eliminate any sort of personal sovereignty that you might have over you or your stuff. You know, you don't really own your house. The bank owns it. You know, you don't really own your car unless you have a car like mine that's 36 years old and has been paid off decades ago. Uh, you know, the bank owns it. You don't really own your apartment. It belongs to a landlord. You pay him rent. There, There is a, a certain whittling away of personal sovereignty. And it starts really with your mind. And it starts with your ability to think critically. And I've talked about this before in podcasts in the past. And the... Uh, the pervasiveness of these of these organizations and how necessary it is for the masses of us to be asleep at the wheel, to trust what we're being told, and to not really think critically or to check for other sources. But even then, when you look at other sources and you see that they're all literally saying the same thing in the exact same way, it really wants, you know, you really want to scratch your head and be like, what where does this come from there are clearly there's clearly a memo that someone is giving someone else to say this is what we're talking about and we're only talking about this and specifically we're only going to use these words in this way at this time this is the message and it's said by rote repetition over and over and over again until you get it through your thick sleeping slave skull that this is the reality that they're forming for you. This is the world that you are supposed to live in. They don't want you to question that. They don't want you, and I want to say they, but really it's a larger it. It's so much bigger than the United States government. It's so much bigger than the CIA or Mossad or whatever the fuck. It's all the same thing. It is bigger than that. It follows a much larger economy than any of us can ever really fucking fathom. But I think there are quite a few people that are starting to, I don't want to say wake up because I'm getting really sick of uh, how liquid that term is. I don't want to use the W word, the woke. But I think there are quite a few people who are kind of snapping out of this repetitive motion and this, uh, you know, marionette doll life that we've been directed and formed to live. There are a lot of people who are at the very least, if they're not reading and thinking and learning for themselves, they're doing something for themselves. They're making something for themselves. Finally doing something, saying something, standing up to someone in some way that gives their lives meaning and that's the whole thing is this has been a very long, long, slow game of liquidating and delineating our sense of meaning in our lives as sovereign individuals, as creatures that are divine by nature, our pure consciousness, simply having a subjective human experience. That is a truth that cannot be let out. That is a truth that the big it out there can't allow the masses of us to embrace. Could you imagine if everyone in the world or even half of the people in the world were to really grasp the true nature of our abilities? 
that we are divine creatures made of love and light and that we are simply having a subjective human experience made about by our third dimensional perspective of our bodies, that it's all up to us to decide what kind of a world we want to live in and have agency over that world. Could you imagine what a threat to the economy that would be? The economy that's fake, you know? It's incredible to me. So the real goal is to get them while they're young. Here's Eric Holder from 1995 talking about exactly that. And by the way, this is the same Eric Holder that was implicated in the uh, Fast and Furious weapons sales scheme under the Obama administration where they were literally giving away automatic weapons to uh, cartels, drug cartels, south of the border in Mexico and bringing them back up and selling more weapons and selling more drugs and creating uh, uh, turmoil and tension within cities in Mexico and in the United States. Look up Fast and Furious and you will find this man, Eric Holder, is primary in this whole debacle. But here he is in 1995 talking about how important it is to get them while they're young with this bullshit propaganda. I want to have as part of the gun initiative though an informational campaign to really change the hearts and minds of people in Washington DC and in particular our young people. They are saturated uh, in the media and in entertainment or by the entertainment industry with violence. And I think too many of our um, young people, in particular our young men, are fascinated with violence and in particular fascinated with guns. And what we need to do is change the way in which people think about guns, especially young people, and make it something that's not cool, that it's not acceptable, it's not hip uh, to carry a gun anymore. Uh, in the way in which we've changed our attitudes about cigarettes, you know, when I was growing up, people smoked all the time. I mean, both my, my parents did. But over time, we changed the way in which people thought about smoking. And so now we have people who cower outside uh, of buildings and kind of smoke in private and don't want to admit it. Um, and that's what I think we need to do with guns, really change the way in which people think about, that, think about guns. Now, this is not going to be something that's very easy to do uh, because we are, quite frankly, fighting something that appears, you know, every day on, on television, on, on the radio, in our popular music, uh, in movies that these kids are exposed to. It will be an effort that will entail uh, things that I'm really not familiar with. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good lawyer, but I, we need to get really innovative, creative things that are going to grab the attention of these kids uh, and change, as I said, the way in which they think about guns. And so what I've asked is that the creative community in Washington, those ad agencies that create these snappy ads and make me buy things that I don't really need, um, devote that talent in a more constructive way to, so we can get at the minds uh, of these young people. This informational campaign, I've also called on the newspapers and the television stations to devote to us uh, time and space so that we can get these ads, so we can use these spots, and not to give us one, two o'clock in the morning uh, ads when nobody's watching, but at the time when people, particularly young people, are watching television, so that when they're watching, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or, or Martin or whatever else they watch, and yeah, I watch those things once in a while, um, so that they'll see these ads and they'll be grabbed by these ads. 
I've also asked people who have influence over youngsters, uh, entertainers, uh, athletes, to be involved in this program as well. But not only them, community leaders, uh, Jesse Jackson, Mayor Barry, people who have credibility with young people should be on the television, on the radio, uh, as much as we possibly can and telling these youngsters that it's wrong to carry a gun and that if you have information about people who are carrying guns, you've got to share that with Chief Thomas and with his people as well. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. We also want to uh, have a hotline that we will set up and have the number of that hotline that would just go out there and that would be something that people would have emblazoned in their minds so that when they see a gun or become familiar about the facts of a gun crime, they would call that hotline and pass that information on. Unbelievable, man. I mean, so here's here's a little article at June 7th, 2017, the Washington Times. Again, you know, mainstream media, but sometimes every now and then they'll let a little slip out of something to keep you satisfied just so you believe that there actually is some sort of uh, objective opinion out there. But anyway, this article, the House Oversight Committee lets loose with a scathing assessment of Eric Holder in a recent report, uh, June 7, 2017, accusing the Barack Obama-era Attorney General of outright misleading Congress on its investigation of the fast and furious gun-running scandal. Among the report's 300 pages is the committee's finding that Eric Holder regarded the family of murdered Border Patrol agent Brian Terry as a nuisance. So Brian Terry, <clears throat> the dead agent, his family wanting justice, he disregarded as a nuisance. Eric Holder thought those guys, the family, were just getting in the way. Brian Terry was killed in December 2010 by a firearm believed to be a part of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives Operation Fast and Furious program. But, of course, the, the details of his death are fuzzy, and they'll never hear about it again. They don't, they don't talk about this stuff in the news because it's not good for advertisement. But I digress. But for those of you unfamiliar the Fast and Furious was a thing uh, 2009 to 2011 that the Phoenix Field Division of the ATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, along with other partners, um, you might be able to guess who they are, <clears throat> CIA, allowed illegal gun sales in order to track sellers and purchasers who were believed to be connected to drug cartels. So this is a group of people paid for by our tax dollars who allowed illegal gun sales in order to track sellers and purchasers who were believed to be connected to Mexican drug cartels. During the Fast and Furious investigation, nearly 2,000 firearms were illegally purchased for $1.5 million. Hundreds of guns were later recovered in the United States and Mexico. So $1.5 million uh, netted us hundreds of guns i think you could buy a lot more guns than hundreds 
worth $1.5 million. But in any case, in 2010, two of the weapons linked to Fast and Furious through serial numbers and probably ballistics turned up near the scene of the murder of who we just said, Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. Whistleblowing led to investigations by the Senate Judiciary Committee and the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. And during the House investigation, attorney Eric Holder, who you just heard talking shit about propaganda for kids, well, he was cited for contempt. Fast and Furious is one of the operations under Project Gunrunner, which is part of the Department of Justice broader National Southwest Border Counter-Narcotics Strategy. But Operation Fast and Furious was not the ATF's first gun-walking investigation, which allowed illegally purchased firearms to walk out of gun shops, but it was preceded by Operation Wide Receiver in 2006. And again, I digress. Not necessarily talking about Fast and Furious in this podcast, but just to give you a little bit of background about that motherfucker in 1995 talking about how important it is to exercise propagandistic informational programming to children about guns. Just saying. Now, like I said before, I would love to get into the super nitty-gritty details of how this whole Mockingbird thing started uh, where it is now, I've got plenty of opinions about that and some facts uh, that I would love to share with you. But I want to make this kind of a short episode because I got other things going on and it's uh, it's holiday time. So I'm just going to play you some more clips to give you kind of an idea of how these things roll out. And of course, the public opinion and according to Wikipedia, the book of knowledge for the asleep, is all this stuff has been over with for a long time. But I beg to differ. Many people suspect that some major movies and television shows act as propaganda pieces that are carefully crafted with the help of government agencies who maintain oversight uh, to serve as a brainwashing mechanism, propaganda piece to encourage the audience to think, feel, or act a certain way. Many of these suspicions are, in fact, true. As a credentialed media analyst myself with a bachelor's degree in communication, Having studied the television and film industry on a scholarly level for 18 years, I like to publish and spread around little-known facts that hardly anybody knows outside of media critic circles. Facts like on CIA.gov, they actually have information about their entertainment industry liaison office where they invite Hollywood studios to come and work with the CIA if they would like help on their project. You see, major blockbuster movies often use the help of the government to, to get access to military bases for locations, aircraft carriers, other military equipment, aircraft tanks, even active duty military personnel who serve as extras in the movies, all paid for by our tax dollars, all looked over and controlled and given script approval by the CIA and Department of Defense or whatever entertainment industry liaison office is overseeing the project. This is on CIA.gov, right on their website, where they have the different offices of the CIA, their Intelligence and Analyst Office, Clandestine Service Office, and you scroll down here, it's the Entertainment Industry Liaison Office, where they clearly state, if you're a part of the entertainment industry and are working on a project that deals with the CIA, the agency may be able to help you. We're in a position to give greater authenticity to scripts, stories, and other products in development. 
That can mean answering questions, debunking myths, like all those crazy conspiracy theories, or arranging visits to the CIA to meet the people who know intelligence. That's right. The producers of The Recruit, the 2000 and fil- uh, 2003 film starring Al Pacino and Colin Farrell, was just brought to Langley, Virginia, brought to CIA headquarters, given an insider view to make sure that the film is accurate to just portray the CIA in a positive fashion. Of course, uh, Lone Survivor, starring Mark Wahlberg, was shot on location on a military base. Films like Zero Dark Thirty serve as propaganda pieces to promote torture, falsely including the storyline about how torture uh, supposedly led to the capture of Osama bin Laden, which was false. These movies and others serve as infomercials for the Defense Department, for the Army, Navy, uh, etc. Of course, Hollywood's military-industrial complex uh, worked with many films and television shows, of course, uh, at the tax dollar expense, taxpayer expense. Many people may now be aware that Hollywood has been paid under the table to include Obamacare promotion messages into TV plot lines. Just hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars in grants have been given to TV writers and producers to, quote, sneak Obamacare promotions into their programs. You may uh, have recalled Michelle Obama uh, appearing at the Oscars to award the Academy Award for the best film last year to Argo. Again, another film that was worked and built in conjunction with the CIA Entertainment Liaison Office to serve as more war propaganda, and having Michelle Obama appear with a bunch of, just shamelessly, with a bunch of soldiers standing behind her to award the Oscar for Best Picture. Yay! Pure propaganda at its finest would make Joseph Goebbels, the head Nazi propagandist, proud at the absolute, incredible, unprecedented level of in-your-face brainwashing. But many truths are just hidden in plain view. Just Nobody really just knows where to look. But here on the CIA's own website, they explain uh, that uh, as an organization that plays a key role in America's defense, CIA is a frequent subject of books, motion pictures, documentary, movies, and other creative adventures. Uh, and they're opening their door, inviting Hollywood studios to come and hang out with them to just make sure their films are quote accurate it started out as a way to combat communism of course if you have people in the media then you can plant stories whether they be true or fake you can divert attention and you can block stories and then ultimately control the story in 1975 there was a church committee that looked into these operations here's some testimony under oath for congress in 1975. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks 
This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. So how would one discern whether or not you're being fed parroted bullshit information from one agency to the next? If you filled up your gas tank lately, then you don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you gas prices are back on the rise. You you don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you that gas prices are back on the rise. You don't need us to tell you gas prices are on the rise. I know. So what do you do when you have total control over the media, when you have all this power? If your email inbox is out of control and you've given up sorting it out, a Baltimore company thinks it has a solution for you. Could this be the end of email overload? 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 Could this be the end of your email overload? Could this be the end of 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 that email overload? Could this be the end of 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 email overload? Could this be the end to email overload? Could this be the end of email overload? Could this be the end? End of email overload. Could this be the end of email overload? Could this be the end of email overload? Could this be the end of email overload? Could this be the end of email overlord? Keep them preoccupied and distracted above all. In consumer news, economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some of the spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Uh. Economic factors may take the spring out of the step of the Easter Bunny. Maybe there's a certain person or a certain product that you don't like, and you would like it 
that other people didn't like it as much as you do. So you do what you can to bury the lead. Well, it's one of the most recognized snack cakes, but now the Twinkie may be in trouble. Could the hostess Twinkie be in trouble? The Twinkie could be in trouble. Trouble for the Twinkie? Trouble for the Twinkie. Twinkie trouble. 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 Trouble in Twinkie land. Or maybe be so bold as to help people decide on maybe, you know, who they should vote for. You see where this is going? Yeah, it's it's nothing nice. And the 1209, welcome back in. The final days of the campaign sometimes can get a little salty. Well, the final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. The final days of the campaign can get a little salty. As you probably noticed, the final days of the campaign have been, well, you might call it just a little salty. That's kind of scary. Donald Trump's done. He's done. There's no question about that. He's done. Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end. And breaking news. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. The call for impeachment. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshells. This is a very dramatic day and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? This is unbelievable. This is remarkable. Have you ever seen seen anything like this. His presidency is crippled. December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. We begin with the bombshell. The beginning of the end. 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 In fact, if this were a football game, we're in the third quarter. May even be the beginning of the end. We begin tonight with the bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. I do not think the president will serve out his term. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way, no how. Breaking news. An absolute bombshell. I think Donald Trump is in trouble. Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. The wall's closing in. This is going to be the Achilles heel. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today, the biggest tipping.
tipping point for the Trump administration. What a historic day. The bombshells, uh, they fell. It's entropy and it's crumbling internally. He's underwater. He feels the walls closing in. Could his testimony be a turning point? We may be at a tipping point. It's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Another bombshell. 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 This is a bombshell. It is a bombshell. I am beginning to resent the word bombshell. Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve, serve our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about the government that plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 If you've retired, you don't have anything to worry about. Third time I've said that. I'll probably say it three more times, see? In my line of work, you've got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. Massive applause, George W. Just reminding you how stupid you are, and, and he is too, and how he's got to just catapult the propaganda he, he said it himself so think about that next time you read see or hear headlines and talking points about spreading and ensuring democracy around the world exactly what kind of democracy are they talking about in any case maybe there'll be another day that i can get into the real nitty-gritty deep dark uh details of the of the operation mockingbird and go through the at least 50 bullet points and not exhaustive by the way there's a lot more to it but maybe that'll be another episode i want to make a little quick one for you before i get into the next up is down uh project which is going to be a really cool conversation with a impeccable blogger who uh, will remain a mystery until that episode we're going to go into some really interesting cult stuff and some uh i imagine some vast right-wing conspiracy stuff because believe me like as i've said in other episodes the last conversation with michael from neon neuron i don't believe that there is a prolific uh, racism here in portland oregon but i do believe that there is a massive class war that's based in race it's just not coming from the people that you would expect 
We're going to discuss some of that in this great episode coming up next on Up Is Down. So stay tuned, stay awake, stay alive, stay kind to each other, um, stay generous and, and, and awesome. And if you want to be even more generous in the holiday spirit, go into the show notes and click the link or go to deanreiner.com, click the link and donate what you can to keep this ship afloating, you know, this is kind of a one man solo, uh, pirate vessel on this world of, uh, bullshit. And it's not easy. It's certainly not free, but I love to do it and I love to do it for you. So until next time, dear listeners up is down. Think for yourself, be kind to another, be kind to yourself. And, uh, remember, there's always more to the story. Until next time, adios. of the two because he is more successful in conveying a false impression. You know, he has always been a...